When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This Halloween special episode is brought to you by the show's generous supporters on Patreon. Patreon supporters like Ronan McDermott, August John Lachlan, Mila Buikas, Ronan, August John. Patreon supporters get a number of benefits. For example, there was a slightly X-rated ghost story this week, which didn't make the final cut. But you can listen to it on Patreon if you join us as a supporter. Check out patreon.com forward slash dark for all the details. And now, the show. Folklore Spooky Sound Special. I'm Dark Shane. I'm Geraldine McAvoy. And I'm Pather Quivonic. And you're all extremely welcome to this most spooky of podcast episodes. Other podcasts may possibly do Halloween specials, but are they spooky? Are they truly spooky? Do they have a puka in their spooka? No, we invented Halloween. Yes. Yeah. We invented Halloween and... Um, <laughs> Why does that annoy people so much that the Celtic Druids invented Halloween? <laughs> because it's, it's misappropriated all the time. <laughs> it's so annoying. I think you'll find the Celtic Druids invented Samhain. <gasps> oh. Samhain, yes. Yeah. Uh, down in Athy in County Kildare. Yeah. That's where they invented it, I think. Is, is that anywhere near At Henry? I'm trying to figure out what that is properly. Athenry. <laughs> Athenry! My dad's a musician and uh, he would have had a, a lot of tours of the US when I was growing up and on every single tour they would be asked, do you guys play the fields of Ed Henry? Ed Henry. Oh, God. Uh, a friend of his was in a band that he set up with, uh, with fellow musicians from the same area of Dublin 8. Uh, so the band was called Inchicore, but of course they were marketed all over the States as Inchicory. In chicory. Yeah. <laughs> great band, great band. Love their early stuff. Love in chicory. Yeah. In chicory. Really yeah. In chicory, of course, made famous by um, Jocks or Goes to Stuttgart. I think in was relatively famous before Jocks are ever gone into his uh, high ace. You know, um, I, once upon a time, I had a, a German girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> 
And my dad referred to her once as, ah, here, here she is, the German's daughter. And <laughs> From the banks of the River Rhine. She, she got the reference. <laughs> legend. <laughs> Absolute legend. I don't <laughs> get the reference. Uh, it was in the year of 88 in the merry month of June, Garadine. Sure wasn't I but a twinkle at that stage. <laughs> not even, not even. <laughs> no, not even. <laughs> Is this some sort of soccer thing that I don't... It's, it was It was the, yeah, the unofficial anthem of Ireland's Euro 88 campaign. Um, Pre-Italian 90. Yeah, two presumably. years before yeah. Italian 90. Uh, basically, Ireland, Ireland beat England in, Stutt- in Stuttgart and, and Christy Moore wrote a moving, heartwarming ballad about a bunch of lads from uh, Inchicore who, yeah. um, Inchicore and Ballyfermot, who got in the van and hopped on the ferry over to Holland and then drove into Germany and down the autobahn all the way to Stuttgart to get to the game. And when, oh, how lovely for them. And the, the, Those were the, the duty-free denouement. days. Yeah, the duty-free days. Uh, the denouement of the, of the song is uh, when... When Ireland win the game, uh, Joxer, our hero, climbs right over the top of the fence, runs onto the pitch, and is last seen arm in arm with Jack Charlton singing Revenge for Skibbereen. But the, it was Joxer, was one of the others who met a German's daughter. Oh, Joxer met a German's daughter. On the the German, Joxer met a German's daughter, and then she found him in Chicor at the end. Oh, and, and by Fermat. Oh, yeah, she's Joxer met a German's daughter anytime. on the banks of the River Rhine, and he told her she'd be welcome back in Ballyferm at any time. And then just Christy Moore, just to, you know, really stick it to the other team who played in Stuttgart that day. The, so- the, the song is sung to the tune of Match of the Day. I feel like that's a you had to be there thing, is it? It's funny enough because, you know, people, I mean, yeah, I think I think people who were there, um, it, 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 was, it was kind of their Woodstock. It was a really big thing. <laughs> and maybe people who are too young to remember it are kind of like, you know, um, a little bit perplexed by it. I mean, so much has happened yeah. since then. But you have to remember, back in nineteen eighty, Ireland had never hadn't really won anything. We had we, we didn't we weren't even the world's leading Eurovision winners at that time. We'd only mm, won yeah. a couple of times. And then we beat England. And, you know, I think oh like the, the Tour de France was was like a big deal at the time because like it, you know, we, we were so desperate to win things. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw something it was only recently, I think I saw a tweet, I can't remember who it was, but from somebody around my age who was like, for a long time, I thought Ireland won the World Cup in Italian 90. And I, again, mm-hmm. I did as well. Until, yeah. Like, way too late before I realised <laughs> we didn't actually win it. Like, because of the way it's just talked about, I just assumed. Well, I mean, we won it. In, in one sense, like, we, we had a really good chance to win it. And we were... We were barely beaten by Italy in the quarterfinal, and we had a very good chance to win it because, like, the other teams were no great shakes, and we had a we had a wonderful team. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's a part of me, a small part of me, mind you, not the largest part at all. There's a small part of me that's kind of glad we didn't win it because, like, the English won the World Cup in 1966, and they're still insufferable about they it. They are, they are about it. Yeah, I was yeah. at a conference <clears throat> last year in Nottingham, and. It's coming home was scrawled on a fucking tree in the middle of the campus. And I was like, it's not, guys. Let it go. F- football is coming home to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> but and uh, German, like so, Germany hadn't been fully u- unified in in, in nineteen ninety when they won. When it was yeah, still West Germany. No, yeah. No. They, well, they, yeah. They sort of. I don't think there was an East Germany team anymore. You know, I think the the 1990 World Cup was special because um, it was a, 
you know, it was a, it was a unified team, basically, even though it was West Germany. It was West Germany in name alone, more or less. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, they were reunified. Like, they won the World Cup in July and the reunification happened in October. What a yeah, fun so- year for them. Good year, yeah, good well, year for them. Yeah. yeah, it was a good year, and that that was the the that was the, that reunification was probably was one of the one of the moments that electrified your skepticism in England uh, that they were just terrified that Germany was too big and every, and they were just in, in a panic that they were going to basically call the shots in Europe from now on. Yeah, and that they, uh, and that England and that England would never win a World Cup again. <laughs> <laughs> and this was our soccer episode where we talk about <laughs> geopolitics and soccer in the nineteen nineties. <laughs> Well, what could be spookier than a bit of soccer? What could be spookier than the concept of the Brits winning anything? Oh, that terrifies me. <laughs> Isn't this, they're, they're, they're winning Brexit, aren't they? <laughs> Define winning. It's, it's amazing. They're not playing anybody, and yet they're still 3-0 down at halftime. <laughs> oh, oh, that'll always be a slam dunk, won't it? Just ragging on Brits. <laughs> Isn't Daily Mount Park haunted? Probably. I seem to remember hearing that once. I, d- I don't know. While, you know, while our fact checker looks into that, because we, we have a fact checker now, thanks to our Patreon supporters. <laughs> <laughs> um, while our fact checker looks into that, I thought I'd get the gang together and we would consider some local spooky stories from this highly haunted island. You know, there's other islands. Iceland's kind of spooky. Um, <laughs> Corsica Iceland, is, Iceland's more ethereal. Than, than yeah, they're big into the old. Um, I don't know if you've seen the uh, that uh, Eurovision movie on Netflix. There's a whole thing about elves. They're they're like they're fully into. That's not a joke. Like over fifty percent of that island believe in the existence of elves, and I respect that. We t- we had an episode last year about about fairies, and mm-hmm. I. D- I'm not going to say I don't believe in fairies because I fully do. Like I still, I'm not going to cross the fairies, but I respect a whole island that can be down with the the elves or the fairies. I'm into that. That's a spooky island. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's 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 important to have a connection to this because I mean wh- whether or not the fairies there, the 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 legacy of not touching it does speak to mm. an, an an earlier wisdom in some ways and. Yes, and Corsica is also a spooky island, but a different kind. More of a kind of, um, <laughs> but Ireland is particularly haunted. Uh, the fact check has come in about Daily Mount Park. The only, the only references to haunting um, I can get are like former players coming back to haunt Bowes by scoring the winner at Daily Mount Park. <laughs> and, but and, were, they, and but the, were these former and, players dead? No, unfortunately, they were alive. <laughs> Playing for St. Pat's and Shells and Rovers. Uh, the only other references I can get, a few references to Daily Mount Park and Ghosts, but mostly it's um, the last time bows were any good, uh, Ghost Town was at the top of the charts. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's a great tune in itself, isn't it? It is, yeah. The, Fun nas- the national anthem. <laughs> Fun story about Ghost Town. Uh, that's that moment in Father Ted is based on a true story about um, is the, it, uh, yes. Oh, that's made my day. Is it really? Do you want to hear this? Stand for the national anthem. This town. So tricky. The uh, who is in, a member of Massive Attack, who is a great DJ as well as being kind of a rapper and composer of, of music, was asked to DJ a party by some by some chic who's over in New York City. Said, "I'm going to concord you over. Bring the best music in the world." play it for my party and I'll send you back after you know when you're when you're suitably partied up and he just brought that specials album because he said 
I just I just think it is just from beginning to end it is just a perfect album and it has Ghost Town on it. So he didn't uh, just play Ghost Town. But back he just to back. played he just played that one specials album. Oh, okay. So it was loosely based on that story. I can't imagine the Sheik standing for the national anthem, really, can you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where he's from. Maybe he did. <laughs> but yeah, like, when you have that kind of money, you deserve to be pranked like that. Yeah, that's true. Did I interrupt someone in there? Yeah, you were talking about how you were talking about Ghost Town being top of the charts. Uh, the specials. No, that was, first... that was the punchline. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, excellent. Spot. At the end of the day, bows are our rivals. So that was the joke. That was it. It's their, look, they're a, lov- <laughs> they're a lovely squad. Great team. Lovely club. Fantastic. Big fan of their fans. A, a, a club that is more obsessed with craft beer and looking cool than football. And that's admirable. In and of itself. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you by the FAI, apparently. <laughs> no way, yeah. we're talking about domestic soccer. <laughs> the FAI couldn't give two shits. I don't fucking know, okay? That's how much I care about this. <laughs> it's, um, Maybe it's if we were sitting here with a giant ice sculpture of a pistol. and now, <laughs> that's some spooky shit. <laughs> so... The, the League of Ireland used to get massive, like twenty thousand audiences or so for for kind of matches in the middle of the week until until matches. Audiences, what do, you, what do you call them? Crowds, crowds. 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 whatever, man. <laughs> so we're so deep like, into COVID that we're like, what? What do you call it when there's a bunch of people? <laughs> exactly I'm, 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 I don't know how we've ended up in a sports podcast, but I've ended up in a sports <laughs> podcast with the two worst possible co-hosts of the sports. Po- Derek is there going, these soccer, these soccer performance audiences are quite uncouth. <laughs> the patrons of the soccer game. Would it be de rigueur to bring one's opera glasses to a soccer performance? <laughs> what time is the interval, Prince? <laughs> <laughs> Why, why, yes, why, yes, Joxer, one would love a pork pie. <laughs> <laughs> corn sandwiches isn't that, isn't that what the bad guys have oh, 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 no. the, not in the League of Ireland it's not <laughs> but the yeah that's more but yes the the crowds used to be huge before match of the day yeah before, te- the before televised English football and yes yeah, so a lot of League of Ireland supporters particularly the older ones are very bitter about this yeah they call they call anyone who supports an English team and doesn't go along to their local Irish uh, club they call them bar stoolers <laughs> I love it. Seriously, a bar stoolers. Bar and you know, the fact that so many Irish people do follow a Premiership club is is sometimes uh, is poked fun at. You find sometimes when there's protests, maybe at um, uh, when, when, when a lot of fun was made when there were protests at the Queen uh, coming to Ireland, and that some of the protesters were wearing Man United jerseys or Celtic jerseys for that my, matter. My favourite one of all time is the chap standing outside Croke Park protesting um, the playing of foreign games in Croke Park wearing the mm. full Celtic kit. Oh, I love that level of irony. Oh, wow. Oh, that's like performance art. That's what that is. That's just fantastic. It's dedication to a cause. I'm not sure yeah. what cause. I don't, I'm not sure he is. <laughs> oh no, that was that was a political commentary. That was that just no one saw it. He was just so deep in method acting that no one got it. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking. It was Stephen Colbert. Like nobody, nobody twigged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it may have actually been Sasha Baron Cohen. There you are. 
But there you are. You know what's spooky? You know what's spooky as hell? Um, The American presidential election will be, what, done and dusted? Probably decided by the time we have another podcast? Well, with the bell postal ballots, they're gonna get. They're gonna be in for a treat. They're gonna be in for a long count. Which can, can you say Supreme Court? <laughs> um, <laughs> that was twinged with irony for any of our American listeners. I don't think you're in for a treat at all. But a, a long count, objectively speaking, as someone who's never run for election, is great crack. Father, I'm sure you have a different uh, perspective on it. But yeah, long counts, great crack. It's great. It's great crack in hindsight. Uh, it's yeah. it's tremendous crack in hindsight. It's incredibly. See, I don't know. It's different when there's just two people. I I don't know. Yeah. Like, like Irish mm. elections. I discussed it with Derek on the pod before. It's it's our equivalent to cricket. Like it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a long form sport, and it's a blood sport, and we enjoy it an awful lot. Uh, but yeah, I look. I'd be watching with bated breath. But that's literally the definition of trick or treat, isn't it? Nice. Friendly Uncle Joe or the Donald? Uh, trick or treat with an asterisk? I mean, treat. <laughs> is it trick or gobshite who looks like a, a treat by comparison? Gobshite is not a fascist. I think that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, right. that's the longer version of trick or treat. Listen, I think that's it, how it initially goes. Yeah. You know? Gar- Gardine, it's 2020. Like, I'll, I'll, <laughs> that, that's how low the bar is. I'll take the guy who's not a fascist. That's that's enough at this yeah, stage. That's a treat in 2020. <laughs> not fascist, great. <laughs> Is any of your smallies doing a makeshift trick or treat this year? Well, I'm not sure if they're about to go trick or treating. Are you going to like right? send them down the one in like to the path, the gate and then make them come up to the door and knock on the door and trick or treat for their mum and dad? No, I think we'll just dress them up. Uh, we're because art is a map of blonde hair. We're thinking of dressing up as Boris Johnson. Oh God! He's 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 too young to pick his own costume, so we're just going <laughs> so to pick something for him. Saddle him with fucking Boris Johnson. Although Boris Johnson does look like a toddler, so that yeah, that'd be pretty cute, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it will. And so, but whereas Lasarina would have stronger opinions because she's a little older, so yeah. she probably hasn't has a stronger opinion. I think she want, would like to either go as Peppa or Masha, Masha, who is famously friends of the bear. The Great. So, hang on. So one of them's going to be Boris Johnson. The other one's going to be effectively Vladimir Putin. Yes. Oh, oh Peppa nice Pig! One. Your kids are dressing up as Tories. You failed, <laughs> Derek. <laughs> but don't, what's what's scarier than a Tory? Two Tories. I heard that one before. <laughs> 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 Is it four hundred and thirty-eight Tories, or however many they have? Jesus. So around this time of year, uh, when the, when the spooky season begins, uh, a lot of Irish people reflect upon the fact that we aren't hard enough on Guy Fawkes that you know our, our silence is deafening on the whole issue of Guy Fawkes and how he tried to destroy English democracy years ago and well, that we well, just hold on a second Did, <laughs> didn't, he try and that and, we, didn't he try and kill the king I know he tried to blow up parliament but wasn't it because the king was opening parliament he got the thing. Ireland has never been strong enough, has never been vocal enough in its opposition to Guy Fawkes. And uh, now this is one of the reasons that Halloween is Maria Irish because we don't do the Guy Fawkes Day. What? 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 Uh, I'm confused. So, there, what's the I'm, argument that we made up our own thing because we didn't want to do Guy Fawkes? I'm just telling you what an English bloke told me oh when god. I was backpacking. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're vocal enough on Guy Fawkes. Like, he should be a national hero. Yeah. <laughs> we should name so, a train station after Volunteer Fawkes. 
Oh, look, Fox. Oh, look, Fox. Because, <laughs> like, my birthday is Guy Fox Day, and because of this, and when sometimes when I'm when I'm talking to people from from England or other parts of the political United Kingdom, they would say, "Oh, yeah, you, you like Guy Fox Day?" And I was like, "Well, actually, you know, I've never and I've never had a Guy Fox Day ever because we just don't do that kind of thing, and they're just horrified." And a lot of the, the historically, we didn't have many fireworks legally in the eighties in North Farnham. So the, the, the fireworks that actually did come were surplus Guy Fawkes Day stuff that people's English cousins brought over. Yeah, isn't it mad that so you can buy fireworks here in Finland at the mm. supermarket. And I was ill-equipped for how much I would lose my fucking head. At the fair. <laughs> <laughs> like New, so they don't have Halloween here. It's not a thing. But uh, they do them at um, New Year's Eve. So you can just go to your local, like your equivalent of Tesco. And there's a girl outside a stand where you'd have like, a, 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 like in the summer, a person selling strawberries, a, like a bored teenager selling fireworks. And I was like, give me all your fireworks. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do with them. But like, I'm like... I can't handle myself. Like the time that Krispy Kreme came to Dublin and Irish people just couldn't fucking deal. We couldn't <laughs> handle it. So we had to buy them all. So that was me. Uh, like picture me outside an S market in Espo outside of Helsinki buying like too much fireworks for it not to be suspicious and yeah. not know what to do with them. You know? <laughs> you've just you've just demonstrated in one fell swoop why we can't be trusted to have fireworks on general Anything. sale yeah. over here. <laughs> and that was because I was like they're like they're illegal in Ireland and like no one understood that they were like why and I was like this this is fucking why look at me like. <laughs> look at my shopping trolley that's yeah. why I went for milk I came back with uh, explosives like. mm. <laughs> you just imagine like what if they if, if suddenly in the budget they just said you know by the way we're 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 softening our stands on the whole fireworks thing. Shops can sell them. Imagine like suddenly the that little head office, Aldi head office over in Germany, <laughs> getting very, very foaming at the mouth. Tesco saying, oh, let's get these fireworks over. We, we would go bananas. Mm-hmm. I, would and, buy, yes. I would buy enough pyrotechnics to demolish Leitrim. <laughs> I, like, I wouldn't use them to demolish Leitrim, but just that's my gauge. Just that. Yeah. How much? How many fireworks do you need? Enough to wipe Leitrim off the map. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to do anything yeah. to Leitrim, but just that many. Just, just to have because but, I couldn't have them before, and now I have them, and I have to have them all. Like, yeah, we need to be rationed for this sort of thing. You know, we need one ha- <laughs> firework per household. You know, <laughs> fireworks one sparkler each. <laughs> Start yourself off with a sparkler, then move on to yeah. I don't know whatever. But this thing, sparklers are okay, and at fireworks, you have to, there's, there's a little bit of organisation involved, and so some people just don't have the patience for. But the big thing is bangers, <laughs> and bangers are, are a funny one because, because we, when I was in, in holidays in France, you'd have vending machines of fireworks, vending and these, machines, vending machines, oh my god, yes, vending machines of fireworks, and then I remember you'd get like there's a, a, a particular type which had like 10 on a string so it just go bang 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 was, I think it's called look at a pillar or something and and they would just you know it, it would be kind of like a machine gun effect uh, which you know could could arguably you know scare people but it was fantastic except then you it get was these... Rathfarnham so you just knew that it was fireworks and not, <laughs> not an actual gun 
<laughs> You'd think that now, but but they actually had bangers, which were effectively like slightly, you know, they were diluted dynamite. It was just a big yoke and sort of bang, and people go, and you, you really see this kind of um, this cavemanishness in some people who just want. I just want to watch an explosion, a small explosion, and it makes me feel like a big man. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to nick my my child sweets. Yeah, that sounds like a perfect Halloween. Yeah. I I don't have any children, but I want to nick children's sweets. I'm into that, yeah. Halloween yeah. sweets are class. You know, I'm mean, sick to me going to bed. That's the aim. That's we used the, to, There's also a reason that the proverb is, you know, the simile is like taking candy from a baby. It's easy. Yeah. Like, yes, and delicious. Yeah. Are you going to sit there and cry? I'm going to eat your sweet cigarettes. Do you remember sweet cigarettes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. These. That, was, that was toxic, wasn't it? That yeah. was a really, really noxious thing to sell to children. Uh, but I can still taste them, though. They're <laughs> but the whole idea, oh, the children want to smoke this. We'll get, get them, they can get some of the actions right by practicing on these sweets. Yeah, these sweets with Bugs Bunny on the outside of them. Like the little box had like Looney Tunes on the front of it. <laughs> what are we marketing at children? <laughs> Candy sticks, I think they're called these days. Come on, we know. I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're even for sale anymore. I've seen them around. I see them. That when I was when I was a kid, we used to get these sweet cigarettes that were like chocolate wrapped in edible paper. They really, really looked like cigarettes, and they even came in a soft pack with different designs on them. Like one of them had a mountain on it, so there were different brands. And oh wow! I mean, they looked exactly like cigarettes, and I think back to to those and go, holy moly like what were we giving children and do you smoke father it did i smoked for many years yeah, probably effective. as a direct result of those <laughs> exactly <laughs> i think if you dig you probably don't even have to dig hard enough you'll find a connection to big tobacco there oh definitely i, I smoked for many years thank you very much big tobacco and then i su- <laughs> successfully replaced my nicotine addiction with an addiction to chinese food oh yeah chinese food Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Porig, and we host the Behavioural Vaccine Podcast. We're behavioural scientists who met through improv comedy. And so each week, we bring the two things together to explore how behavioural science can be applied, but in a fun way. There's a little bit of research. There's a good bit of messing. And there's loads of practical tips on everything from how to save money to how to maintain your friendships. Think about this like a behavioural vaccine to get you through winter 2020. Go on, sure, give us a listen. Anyone for a spooky story, lads? Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, Guardian, do you have a spooky story from the spookiest county in the Midlands? Yeah, so apparently, um, unbeknownst to me, Leash is a spooky place. And also unbeknownst to me, many of the places that I frequented as a child and as a young person are quite spooky. Um, and this came to came to my attention from a really great Facebook page and I would encourage anyone interested like to have a look at it like it's it's actually really well run and resources resourced it's called Haunted Leash Facebook page and there's just like stories in a sense it's a bit similar to like a an oral tradition collection like so people collecting like oral tradition stories but they're like spooky stories and uh, a friend of mine sent me a link to one of the stories in it. And it, it actually was featured like widely on uh, on local news media. The Leinster Express had it and so did the Leash Nationalist. Um, and it was a submission from a, uh, a person who had a spooky story about uh, the very notoriously haunted Leash Shopping Centre 
recently refurbished in the last five or six years. Yeah, we've got a new big Tesco. Um, The old pennies are still there, unfortunately. They only revamped half of it. Um, But uh, yeah, so in if anyone's not familiar with with uh, Leash Shopping Centre, picture the uh, the N7. And you're uh, it's a road from Dublin to Cork and you uh, are stopping halfway and you're going to take exit 17 and you're going to swing in past the Maldron and into Port Leash. And there used to be a big blue bridge there, but that's gone now. It's a cultural icon. I wonder, was that haunted? Maybe it was. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, there's a shopping centre in there and in the shopping centre, there is a fountain. And I actually, this is, this is bad. So like... Like Cleary's Clock in Dublin, where you meet somebody, right? That was a, a place where you would meet someone. I'm going to meet you at Cleary's Clock, yeah? Um, mm-hmm. The fountain in Port Leash was where you m- met somebody. Um, and you, if you were a teenager, you would also loiter there, spend your time loitering there. So I spent many, many Friday afternoons, because we'd a half day on a Friday, loitering at the fountain. And there's a lot of coins in the fountain because, you know, it's a whatever wishing fountain. I don't know. Um, but apparently it's haunted. Uh, so the story goes that there was a person who uh, was uh, sitting at the fountain waiting for a friend again, because that's where you wait. Uh, it was early in the morning, just before nine o'clock, and the shopping centre was really quiet. And the girls in Costa were setting up for the day. So it's after the refurbishment, because Costa's only there since the refurbishment. Mm-hmm. Now I've situated you in time. Uh, so uh, as I sat there, I s- heard something drop into the fountain. Uh, so I looked down to see, did I drop anything? But nothing. So I just looked away. But then I heard it again. So I stood up and looked around to see if someone was throwing something in. But there was no one. I started to feel uneasy, like someone was watching me. So I moved back towards Tootle's shop, which is a newsagent's <laughs> nearby. Oh, uh, as I stood there, I could see the coins being thrown into the fountain. But there was no one there. Ooh. Spooky. So coin after coin being thrown in. Seconds later, my friend walked in and said, you're as pale. And I told her what had happened. (laughs) And as we walked to work, she laughed it off and I laughed it off thinking I'd imagined it. Later that day, I walked past the fountain after my shift. I felt so uneasy that someone was watching me again, but I just forgot about it. When I got home, I was getting out of my uniform and I took off the shirt and three old halfpenny coins fell out of the pocket in my shirt. Jesus. (laughs) I have never seen them before and I have no idea where they came from. Every time I walk past the fountain now, I feel the glare. Now, and then when this was posted, there was multiple responses that people had felt haunted in the shopping centre. One particularly related to um, the phones section of Tesco. Oh, that was uh, apparently someone was throwing phones around the place and making noise at them in the, the middle mo- of the day. It's the most haunted mobile phone section of a Tesco in Ireland or so I'm led to believe. <laughs> so I believe, yes. <laughs> Ghostbusters are in on it. <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently it's uh, it's it's haunted there. Um, and listen, I've never been in the shopping centre that early in the morning. I don't think if it wasn't to queue maybe for tickets back when you used to queue for tickets and not buy them online. Um, and I don't remember seeing that <gasps> oh spooky, but it just reminded me of the time when um, when 
Garth Brooks was coming to Ireland to do his famous oh, five concerts yeah. that never happened. Mm. And um, RTE went to meet a bunch of people who were queuing up outside a ticket shop. I think it was in Castlebar, County Mayo. And like there was one group of girls in particular that had queued up for two days. Oh, my God. And when they got to the top of the queue, there were no tickets left because everyone else had bought them online. Oh, rotted. Oh, absolutely rotted. Oh, man, that's spooky. That's a spooky situation. And then the concert never materialised. Oh, the concert just disappeared. Woo. To go back to your ghost story, though, could you just pronounce the name of that news agent again for me? No. Why did I say it wrong? I don't know, because we have them up here. I don't know what it is. It used to be... Tuttles. Oh, geez, I can't remember. Tuttles. Tuttles. Yeah, that's how we I pronounce don't know. it. I can't remember what it used to be. It used to be something else. And apparently it's Tuttles now. But I, I, it's just the one news agents in the shopping centre. Oh, so it was just fiendishly cute when you said Tootles. I won't to- be denigrated, <laughs> bullied or antagonised on this show. <laughs> Yeah. Are, you don't get many you don't get many ghost stories about modern buildings. Yeah, but this is and this is in modern times as well. As I said, because it's after the renovations, because Costas only knew there. We only had like barista, as in like that. That's barista in in, in Portney Shopping Centre. Um, you know, we only had like actual like that kind of like chain coffee shops in the last like maybe five six years, I'd say. Um, so yeah, it's recent. Enough. Now the fountain is there a long time, but like it's not there longer. It's not there like you know four hundred years. You know. See, this is the thing. If I was going to pick a shopping centre in the Midlands to be haunted, uh, like the Carlow one is built onto the old jail. The Carlow, it's haunted in itself. Like, that, yeah, well, that, I mean, but it is yes. a lovely shopping centre. <laughs> But oh my god, that just reminds me. So my sister-in-law went to college in Carlow, and oh. so I wouldn't have much knowledge of like Carlow beyond Dinry and going out in Dinry, um, which is if you're around the Midlands, probably somewhere you've gone out in. Uh, is the fa- is the foundry in Carlow as well? Foundries the- in Carlow, it is. Yeah. Um, oh, that was a that was a meat market. Jesus. Yeah, good spot, good spot. So it is. Um, but uh, my so I went to the cinema last year and. I wanted to see The Favourite and it was only playing in this one cinema in Carlo. And then I came home from it and I was talking to my sister-in-law about it and she was like, which cinema did you go to? Did you go to the Odeon or the Haunted one? And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? And it's the one that's in the, the old shopping centre that was built on the jail. She says it's haunted. I, I must have asked her about that. I, I, I don't know why it's haunted. But it was fairly, I mean, if I was to guess a haunted cinema, I'd go with that one. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought you were going to give us like a real spooky ghost story that like you came back and she said which cinema did you go to and then you said which cinema she says that that burned down in 1932. Oh, that would have been better. <laughs> I, I was I was wondering why the ticket was only threepence. <laughs> <laughs> threepence. Yeah, no, but it was yeah, it was particularly squeaky floors, but and there was an old stick to the carpet, but I didn't see it being haunted otherwise. But I wasn't looking out for it, so did you? Did you go to the cinema in the nightclub? <laughs> no, it's sticky, the carpet, sticky carpets and squeaky floors. It sounds like going out in Carlo. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, so apparently that is haunted, and that's part of the old shopping centre that was built on the jail, which still has the buildings for it, which seems like a waste because you know there's just like a clear's accessory and maybe a Super Quinn? No, Super Quinn's not around anymore. It's probably a Super Value. Yeah, it's one of them. But yeah. you can tell, though, when you go to a Super Value that it used to be a Super Quinn, it's still kind of haunted by that little bit of... Um, haunted by a nice bakery. Yeah, by the nice bakery. 
Haunted yeah. um, by the smell of fresh bread and decent sausages. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's my spooky story for you guys. Um, I don't know if I've ever felt being watched in by a presence that wasn't like, I don't know, weird guys who were just loitering in the shopping centre. <laughs> yeah, I've often felt haunted in a shopping centre. But yeah. that, that's punk kids who might say something to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, aren't teenagers very frightening? Like that's scary. That's what scares me about that fountain because they're again they're the teenagers that I used to be loitering around it, and they're just oh, I'm so frightened. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna say something and just roast me like <laughs> hanging, ha- Put it on. <laughs> hanging around, wearing hoodies, hanging around the uh, hanging around the fountain in the Lee Shopping Centre, waiting for yeah. the bus to Dublin so they can go and hang around Temple Bar. Yeah. For a few hours. With TikTok oh. or something, I don't fucking know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Battered you have a classy ghost story for us. I have a very classy ghost story. A very classy ghost story that might, that might make the edit. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not. We have so much soccer content. We had to squeeze it in. Um, so, Derek, you're, you're a dub. Yes. Um, and I'm a dub. Garadine, you're not. But have you ever heard of Marsh's Library? No, I have not. Marsh's Library is absolutely lovely. It's a gorgeous old library. It's just around the corner from St. Patrick's Cathedral. So, oh, yeah. You know what it is? Right next to um, St. Patrick's Choir School there, just up the laneway from St. Patrick's Cathedral off um, Patrick Street. And it is just absolutely beautiful. It was built by Archbishop um, Narcissus Marsh, a Church of Ireland Archbishop, and he tried to get one copy of every book in the world. He didn't quite manage that. The Trinity Library, I believe, has a copy of every book that's published from the 1920s onwards. Um, but Marsh's Library is one of the most amazingly beautiful, aesthetically pleasing library. You can go in there and you can not only see all the old reference books and everything, but you can actually see the old reading cages that were in there, which are brilliant. Like, I think reading cages are a fantastic idea. You want to borrow this book? Right, Grant, get into the cage. I'll lock you in the cage and I'll hand you the book. And when you're finished reading it, you can give me back the book and then I let you out of the cage. No book thieves here. It's absolutely fantastic. But I love the level of dedication it went to that. Give away a book? Oh, Jesus, not without a cage. <laughs> yeah, not without a cage, no. Um, so Archbishop uh, Marsh, again, his first name was Narcissus. What a name. Absolutely Yeah, class. I was going to ask about that. That's fucking class. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an absolutely brilliant name. Um, and I, I don't think we have enough, like, classical Greek and Latin names anymore. Like, you know, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I don't regret what I named my, my kid, but like Narcissus was probably a close second. Like, you know. Um, oh yeah, there's Narcissus now. Narcissus, come in for your dinner. <laughs> Narcissus, your mom wants you. Yeah, but then he ends up getting called Narky. Oh, Do you no, know, that's Nark, you don't or want sis. that. Sissy. Sissy, yeah. Kids are terrible. Kids are awful, actually. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, they don't yeah. get any better when they're teenagers. No, 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 no. I, I've, I, I've anyway. heard astonishing contortions of people's names into oh, yeah. rude things. Like I just, you, you actually wonder if they apply their creativity to something else. <laughs> no, why would you apply creativity to anything other than coming up with nicknames? No one ever did that. For, I never really had a nickname beyond Gar. But that's not an invitation, okay. FYI, for anyone. Just so you know, like... <laughs> Wow. answers on a postcard to mother <laughs> 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 uh, I, so I knew anyway. a guy who tried to create his own nickname and it was terrible he started oh, that never to, works. he referred to himself in the third person as a nickname and his nickname was the boy oh god it's so embarrassing 
so mortified for whoever that was. It wasn't me. Was it you, Derek? It wasn't you. It was not me. I wouldn't dream of that. No, sure. I, when you have an unusual name, like people, people were quite happy to concoct um, <laughs> names based on the spelling of O'Shea. Oh, yeah. Sure. Why wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know where that goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that said, if, if my nickname was Shagirda, I'd, um, I'd try and come up with my own nickname. I'd probably settle, I'd probably settle for the boy as well. The like, boy, would, yeah. No, no. no, I was not interested in that. But, Patrick, please continue with yeah, your so, spooky tale. Yeah, where was I? Archbishop Narcissus Marsh, great name. He, um, he had, you know, he had a niece that he absolutely doted on. He adored her and he provided her with an education and uh, it was kind of his hope that she would be around Dublin, uh, you know, that when she would eventually settle and marry into a good family, she would be around Dublin to look after him in his dotage. Uh, And unfortunately, she ran off with a sailor. (laughs) (laughs) Loved that for her. Delighted for her. Yeah, yeah, but Scarlet for Narcissus Marsh. Yeah, fair enough. but obviously she knew how much she owed to the Archbishop and, and how much he had, you know, provided for her and looked after her and lifted her out of poverty and given her a good education and a great start in life. And so she wrote a note uh, begging for his forgiveness, which she hid in a book. And I don't know what happened to the book. For some reason, it was on the Archbishop's desk, but somebody in the library went and put it back on one of the shelves and the Archbishop never found it. No. Oh, I'm invested now. Yeah, and the story is that every night he wanders through his library looking for the book that contains the note, the last piece of contact he would ever have with his darling niece. Oh, man. So he's always seen walking the aisles and rearranging the books and apparently he's looking for that that lost plea for forgiveness, that one note from the heart. I think that's uh, that's a class ghost story. Yeah, no blowjobs in that one. That was nice, Heather. <laughs> oh, you know, it was so nice until you, yeah. <laughs> uh, she, he should get Marie Kondo on us. She'd find it no problem. Yeah. Does this spark joy? Does it spark joy? No, well then <laughs> put it away. Put it in the bin. <laughs> uh, that's a nice story, though. Yeah, that's I a, like I that mean, one. yeah, spooky in the sense that there's an elf wandering around, but uh, nice, you know? Well, I mean, I it's, it's, it. it's his library, so. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, he's not. It's like I said last year, we had a ghost in our house. Yeah, it's her house. So, like, we don't mind that she wanders around in it. She minds her business. We mind ours. He's I, just looking for a book, you know? Yeah, I like that a ghost that respects boundaries. Yeah, so do I. Like that. So, um. Are we finished with the ghost stories? Because I have another one. Oh, if you have one, let's, let's hear it. Let's, yeah, let's bring sorry. It on. I do have another one. This is, so I was searching for ghost stories. Yeah. Um, and in my searching, I, because I, I remember ghost stories about the, the village where I grew up and I couldn't locate them. But in the search, I found myself on duchas.ie, which is a fantastic resource if anyone is interested in like old, like I said, oral tradition, um, Irish stories. They have collected stories from like around all over Ireland. And you can see these like handwritten accounts of like stories from like local areas. Um, for a time I worked in Fionter, which which runs it. And um, we worked on, on Duchas. And when I was working there, we were working on um, what I was working on was um, weather forecasting, but like in old timey weather forecasting. And it was like how you would tell if it was going to rain or be sunny or be cloudy or whatever. And 
everything and anything, and I mean everything, was a sign of the rain. So like a dog has sniffed at the grass, sign of the rain. A woman who was left-handed was in a kitchen, sign of the rain. Uh, two children walking hand in hand spot a mushroom on the side of the sign of the rain. Like, it's going to rain. That's the general gist of it. After like maybe 200 of these, I was like, I think it was just raining all the time. Like, you know, it can't be everything. But before you had met Aaron and, you know, Jean Byrne and the whole lot of them, you had to make do with dog sniffing grass and left-handed women being in the kitchen. But anyway, they have a selection of ghost stories as well. And when I was doing my my research, my uh, trying to find these old stories, I found a spooky story again from Leash. But this one, I was like, hang on there now. Whoa, the pony. Like, let me hear this one. Because it was um, from uh, Timahoe in County Leash, where I'm from. But not only that, it was from an esker in Timahoe in County Leash, a sand pit. And my house is literally built on top of a sand pit. So like, I was like, hang on, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? So this is a story called The Treasure of Timahoe. It oh. was uh, collected by James O'Brien and the informant was Rody O'Brien um, from Aconey uh, County Leash, which is near Sorry, Timahoe. Rody is a great name. Yeah, R-H-O-D-Y. Love that. Rhodey is a fantastic yeah. name. That's mm. even better than Narcissus. Ah, come on. It's not better than Narcissus. I mean, Rhodey didn't get called Sissy. No, so. he didn't. Rhodey. Did you write Rhodey, huh? <laughs> See? <laughs> Rhodey. I hardly knew he. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, but so this is the story. It was said that the treasure of Timahoe is buried between an old sandpit, again, where I live, and the banks of the river um, behind Mr. Hume's field. Now, on consultation with my dad, it's a different sandpit. There are many sandpits in Leash. But like last night when I discovered this very late, I was freaked out. I was like, what is this? Like, what? What? On my house, there's there's a, a spooky uh, happening, and I'll tell you about the spooky happening. So, a man by the name of Kelly of Ballycoolan, again quite near to where I live, was a Catholic who turned Protestant because that's pertinent information. Apparently, he was <laughs> digging in the sandpit and came across the body of a young man in monk's garb when he was digging, <gasps> mm. and he had a workmate with him, and he told the workmate not to say anything, and he buried the monk's body deep in a pit, and he was like looking for treasure off of the monk, and the workmate said. Uh, that surely it was the body of a saint put down in the hole uh, in the pit um, by uh, he had crossed somebody and he'd been put down there. But since then, it is said that the man in monk's garb is still still seen walking up and down from the pit to the pen with a dark lamp in his hand. The belief is that the monk escaped with the treasure, buried it, and when returning home was killed by soldiers, so the secret was lost. Ooh. 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 And for about 12 hours before I clarified that with my dad, I was like, oh my God, there's a, there's a fucking dead monk ghost behind my house. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, alert the parents. So I was like, dad, did you know about this? And he was like, that's another sandpit. And then I stopped being frightened of it. I was like, well, that's the people up in Gary Glass, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with your monk, Gary Glass. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you guys, I don't care. I have seen a black rabbit in the sandpit behind my house, but that's just because Lawler's pet rabbit escaped. 
and <laughs> procreation. But other than that, nothing out of the ordinary in that sandpit. It wasn't a pet ghost rabbit or anything like that? I don't think so, but you still occasionally, like once every few years, you'll see the strain of the black rabbit comes back. This sounds like something out of Watership Down, but you'll see a black rabbit knocking around every few years because the, you know, the genes or whatever makes them. You'll have a black rabbit, which is quite cute, I'll have you know. Definitely That's, a that's the problem rain. with rabbits. The problem with rabbits is they breed like rabbits. They do. I've heard. Mm. They do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's my other spooky story. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> that was a, I, that, that was a genuine chill, though, when yeah. you said, like, a, a monk walking yeah. with a dark I, lamp. That's yeah, because we see, like, a lot of people go what you would call, like, lamping um, in our area, which is like hunting with a lamp at night for, like, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't go hunting, like... Mm-hmm. Foxes or rabbits or whatever. It's for rabbits. It's yeah, for rabbits. rabbits or, yeah, if there was like a fox like attacking chickens or something, you might go after it or something. Um, but so you would see at nighttime, you would see a light. It wouldn't be the most unusual thing to look out the window and see like a light. But uh, I've always just assumed like, oh, that's, you know, Connor's lamping. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was the monk. And I got a genuine chill when I read that the other night, like last night. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. What if it wasn't those people lamping? What if it was the monk? But it wasn't apparently according to my dad, but maybe he was just trying to make me feel better. I don't know. But yeah, spooky stories. And Duke Study, as I said, really good resource for uh, for any kind of stories, but it also has a, a great selection of ghost stories. Excellent. Yeah, so class. That's, that's two recommendations yeah. on Guardian this evening. We have Duke Study, but also um, the Haunted Leash. Haunted Leash, yeah, their Facebook page, yeah. And I would, if you're into, if you're interested in that, um, it definitely, yeah, it's a good, good uh, collection, and it's all in good spirit and good fun. And apparently, I went down a rabbit hole, a ra- rabbits, remember, <laughs> oh. uh, a rabbit hole of looking for. Apparently, there was like those, um, you know, those lads that do the ghost busting. You know, those fellas who do that. We have oh, machines yeah, that like Paranormal test investigators. For, yeah, apparently. So there was a, a lads over uh, investigating a pub in Fisherstown in Meesh. And I was like, Jesus, I didn't know that it was haunted. But they apparently had their own machines. And they were like, yep, the machine, the special ghost detection machine is telling me there's ghosts. And I don't know, I, I'm not one to criticise your scientific method, but... I don't know. What else does that machine do? Talk me through the logic of that machine and how <laughs> it works. A, it's a Geiger counter, actually. They've they've just discovered radioactive waste <laughs> in, in Fisherstown County. I, what I can't get my head around is like those shows, like it's on Welcome to Series 9 of Ghost Hunters. We still haven't found a fucking ghost. <laughs> but we're still going, guys. <laughs> but, but they keep renewing the series and you, keep, yeah. you idiots keep watching it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's what I remember. I enjoy, there's a part of me because I'm not into spooky stuff. But I enjoy, you know, people who are like mediums. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy get, watching those people getting rotted. Like, <laughs> oh, is that bad? <laughs> I remember years ago, because I'm, I'm, I watch terrible television and I, I enjoy Celebrity Big Brother. And there was a fella, Derek somebody. Um, Der- Der- Derek Akora. Derek Akora. Derek Akora. Derek Akora. I'm getting it. Yeah. Hold on. I'm getting it. It's your, it's your mum or your aunt or your granny or your dad or your uncle. Your uncle, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and he was on it and he was finding spirits. And I was going, if I was a spirit, I would, the last fucking place I go is the Big Brother house. Like, can you <laughs> like the degradation. No, you're not going into the fucking Big Brother house. So I did smell somewhat of a rat there when the lights were going on and off. And I was like, yeah, but I know there's a guy that controls the lights because they turn them on and off every morning you know 
Derek. So I'm not sure how accurate you're thinking, but I love watching them get rotted when people are just not into it. And they're like, oh, I, I sense, you know, you have loss. And they're like, nope. No loss in my life. No. Get out. The Long Island medium who approaches people in a store and she's like, you've lost somebody. I know you've lost somebody in your life. And they're like, yeah, because that's what humans are. Yeah. So I enjoy those, those shows. Yeah, you're right. I can't find my friend Blanet. She's about yeah. here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> she's at the bar getting shots. Anyway, the, uh, the, the, the Big Brother house couldn't be haunted. It's the only thing that's ever died there has been like, the dignity of an entire race of people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's why I enjoy it. Am I a bad person? Is that is that a, a haunted, a, an evil streak in me that I enjoy particularly? Let's, let's be fair, Gardine. That's not why you're a bad person. <laughs> it's all the other shit. It's all that's the other why. shit. It's all the other shit. But I enjoy watching particularly the celebrity one because you know they're they're dying to get back to be relevant. And a part of me is like, yes, let me watch them desperately try and be famous again. Like, that's terrible. Like, that's an awful thing. But I enjoy it. I enjoy it so much. And then I keep them relevant because I Google, like, the likes of Derek Acora and people who were on it far too long ago <laughs> to see what they're up to, you know? What's Derek Acora up to these days? Has he got into any, like, crazy shenanigans? I don't know. I want to read about it. We've just received a text message from Derek Acora's solicitor. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Akora himself has, has telepathically connected to us. Stop mm. shit-talking me. Okay. So, um, Before his career as a medium, Derek Akora played as a footballer where he was once on the books of Liverpool. Go away. And the circle is complete. Oh, uh, right look at back us. to look football. Complete. That's how you do it. On that circular elliptical note. I want to thank Pat and Carradine for joining me for this super spooky episode. Is that night time? Is it morning? Who knows? Your headphones. Thank you. And mind yourselves. Mind your dogs. This Halloween season. Have a, have a good spooky socially distanced time. And we'll catch you next Friday for more words. Irish. Irish words. Words from Ireland. We've got some great episodes coming up which are recorded before the American election. So that if we sound chipper or not chipper or anything like that if, if, if our mood doesn't match the mood of the world that's why we recorded them in advance scheduling <laughs> so until then slan from me that's slan from me and it's a slan wemsha this episode is dedicated to the memory of Derek Akora <laughs> 1950 to 2020 is he dead? Yeah, he died in January. Oh, and you can't say. No. Oh and my you, god! And and Garadine, as you know, as you know, you can't defame the dead. Yeah, delighted. <laughs> <laughs> it's Derek Akora dead. Oh yeah, he man! Died on, he died on the third of January. He you know, of, I haven't googled him in a while. <laughs> he um he died of what? Is, he had a short illness. He uh, was ah, hos- poor Derek was hospitalised with pneumonia and contracted sepsis, and he didn't see <gasps> that one coming. Oh. And I was like, no, that's bad. Don't say that, Karoji. <laughs>Dark again here just to say thank you so much for letting us into your headphones this week again we really appreciate all our listeners 
Thanks very much to Brian at Grooves Ahead for producing us and making us sound great and for Kirsten Shield as ever for doing the amazing artwork for us. Thank you. I don't know if you caught Derek's subtle hint in the episode but it is his birthday soon so if you want to do him a birthday solid and support the podcast it's patreon.com forward slash Derek. That's patreon.com forward slash Derek. Cute. If you want to contact the show you can send an email to motherfuckerheadstuff.org or you can send a WhatsApp voice message to the number in the show notes. Do send it. We really, we're looking forward to that because we want, we want to include those in a future mailbag episode. So until next time, mind yourselves. Stay classy. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. That was the so. joke that killed motherfucker. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm, 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 hmm.